I mean, a month ago we were talking about if Mickey Callaway was going to get fired. And now you're buyers at the trade deadline? I have no idea what you're doing. Is it safe to say the Mets are the most confusing organization in baseball right now? Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen of the United States. We're speaking from our box directly behind home plate. But you fans don't need to have me tell you what this is all about. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the 3-0 Take, the official podcast of Dirt to Diamonds Baseball. Here are your hosts, Kyle Corwin and Nate Reyes. What up, what up, and welcome back to the 3 Take, the official podcast of Dirt to Diamonds Baseball. This is episode 83. I'll be your host, Kyle Corwin, and I'm here with my co-host, Nate Reyes. Nate, what's, up? what's up, my dude? What is happening? Anything going on in that old noggin of yours? Oh, this noggin? Um, ugh, it's rarely anything going on. I do feel a little better after uh, not getting swept this weekend so i'm i'm good on that front whatever helps you sleep at night my guy i'll sleep much better tonight thank you i appreciate that yeah not gonna lie not the way i wanted to end my weekend but i mean i'll take it yeah i'm sure you will i mean god that was a beat down yeah but uh good news is that you're still nine games back and you're still in third place and uh you're still uh looking up at this second wild card spot. So I don't I mean it's a good weekend overall, but like really I don't know how you sleep at night. I mean it wasn't a bad showing for a third place team, you know. I mean that's gotta be pretty embarrassing for a first place team to get shown up like that, but No. I'm chilling. Yeah. All right. Whatever you say. Uh let's roll on to some baseball history. July twenty ninth is when you'll be hearing this. We're gonna start in nineteen eighty nine. Ricky Henderson steals five bases and scores four runs without the benefit of getting an official at bat. The offensive output is made possible when the A's leadoff hitter is issued four walks by Randy Johnson, who still manages to get the win in the Mariners' 14-6 victory at the Oakland County Coliseum. What? How? That's so crazy. Five stolen bases and four runs scored. A lot of swipes. That is the definition of production that is the definition of ricky henderson true 1996 chris sabo chris sabo i can never remember which one it is we'll be we'll be (laughs) dunder mifflin at sabre (laughs) 1996 Chris Sabre will be suspended for seven games, losing approximately $70,000 in salary, and the Reds will be fined $25,000 as a result of his use of a doctored bat in the 2-1 to loss to Houston at Synergy Field. The Cincinnati third baseman will claim the bat, which was hollowed out and filled with pieces of rubber balls, wasn't Smart. his, but one of three offered to him by the Bat Boy after he had broken his bat during a plate appearance in the second inning. <laughs> How are you gonna throw the Bat Boy under the bus like that? Blame shift to a twenty, like a twenty-year-old that's just <laughs> not even. He's probably in high school. He's like sixteen and just <laughs> that's so brutal. <laughs> I have no idea, but that guy does. I mean, I pictured him being like ten, honestly, which just made this whole scenario worse. Fired. This guy is literally getting paid in like team gear. <laughs> and you're gonna throw him under the bus because you decided to use a corked bat. We don't have a paycheck for you, but here's a hoodie. Unbelievable. <laughs> here's a foam finger. The year two thousand, the Brewers hold Bob Wickman All Star poster night a day after the team trades their reliable reliever along with Jason Barry and Steve Woodard. To the Indians for Marco Scudero, Kane Davis, Paul Rigdon, and Richie Sexton. The Brewers give away 30,000 printed pictures of their former closer, who played for the team for the past five seasons. On a night, they are routed by the Rockies 10-2, with Rigdon, one of the players in the trade, allowing four runs on seven hits over five innings. Bro. <laughs> what a cluster. 
What is going why on? Are you, why are you con- why, like, what are you doing? Why are you sticking that out? We're going to scratch that promo code. And we got to get our, our PR team involved when their trade goes down. I love how you said promo code because you're so just in line with the way we do things here. Go ahead, pal. I have nothing. No, this this is that's on you, man. Think you this meant to me? say? Think you meant to say promotion? You said promo code because that's just a that's a knee jerk reaction on this on this show. Oh, smart! I didn't even realize that. Well, I'm just gonna go through with it because you yell at me for taking too long to do it. There's nothing better than a long, hard, all natural shaft of wood with a clean knob that you can grab to use at your leisure. And thanks to Zinger Bats, you now have a variety of options to choose from. Creating custom bats for the pros since 1998, Zinger Bats is setting the new standard in professional baseball bat production. From their X71 Pro Maple to their backgun case, you'll have all you need to light it up on the field this season. Best of all, Zinger Bats Company is now the presenting sponsor of the 3 Take. That is us, and they want to show you, our listeners, some love. The next time you visit ZingerBats.com and stock up on some lumber, use promo code DTD to save 10% off your order. Again, use promo code or promotion DTD to save 10% (laughs) off your ZingerBats order. For the big league field off the barrel, look no further than Zinger. And lastly here, the year 2008, with a tip of his helmet for the ovation from the Rangers fans, Ichiro Suzuki acknowledges his achievement of reaching 3,000 hits in his professional baseball career. The 34-year-old Mariners outfielder has collected 1,278 hits with the Oryx Blue Wave in Japan's Pacific League, Japan's Specific League, and his first inning single off Texas right-hander Luis Mendoza was his 1,722nd hit with Seattle during eight seasons with the team. Still not the hit king, but... One of them. One of them. That's fair. Not the and speaking speaking of Mendoza, how, uh, how brutal was that commentating tonight? Oh my god, the worst. <laughs> how people uh... put up with her, like... All right, so here's the thing. I got that poll up on Twitter that I retweet every Sunday night because <laughs> it just reminds me of it. And it's which is who is more likely to make you mute a baseball game. And it's just it's shocking to me that Joe Buck is up like four times on Jessica Mendoza. I don't understand. Really? Like, yeah. Do people really not like Joe Buck that much? I think so. And, I mean, it's, he goes across multiple sports. That's the only reason. But, I mean, like, she just said some really stupid crap tonight. That one where you told me <laughs> she couldn't tell the difference between a sinker and a slider. Yeah, it's literally started in, like, the left batter's <laughs> box and ends up hitting the guy in the back foot on the other <laughs> side of the plate. And she's like, that right there that's one of the nastiest sinkers in the game. And I'm like, but it's not. Yeah. And then she said that Cameron Maven feeded the, the, the clubhouse with, with spark and energy or whatever. Feeded. Not the best, uh, from our girl, Jess, not to mention the best. I think the highlight of the night was when a rod put her on blast for essentially not knowing about the club that she supposedly works for. She's like, yeah. he was like, I think the question was like, who would be a pitcher you think the Yankees could pick up at the deadline, Jess? And she was like, well, Thor's out there. And then A-Rod was basically like, well, what are they going to, what are the Yankees going to give them? And she was like, oh, there's pieces. I just know that he's a really good pitcher. I'm like, all right, Jess. Come, there's an awkward silence. She's like, well, what do they have? <laughs> yeah, that's what it was. Well, what do they have? I mean, I don't know, Jess. You're you're kind of commentating. You're the one working in the front office for the Mets, so you tell me. Supposedly. <laughs> Supposedly. Did they go to the zoo? Supposedly. Just <laughs> uh, dropping TV show quotes everywhere. God, dude, I'm surprised we could we started this episode with. As much as you had me laughing, Joey quotes. 
but yeah, that wraps up baseball history. Uh, before we get into the topics for today's show, wanted to give a little update on the logo tournament on the old Instagram story. Right now, the Blue Jays are just running, running away with it against the Royals. Uh, let's see, what else? The D-backs, with their classic teal and purple logo, have a slim lead over the Reds at the moment. That's um, the that's the Reds one where it's like the, the baseball with like the mustache, right? Yep. And then sweet. by the time people are hearing this, the one they're probably going to see live on the IG story is going to be the Brewers and the Phillies. The Brewers, that's the one you didn't even know that had the M and the B. Easy. And then the other one is going to be the throwback Rays logo, Devil Rays logo, and the Tigers logo, which personally is just an all-time classic. I don't know how you how you can top that one. But there are some good ones in this tournament. I'm curious to see how it pans out. I'm really Wait. surprised the Indians beat the Sox, but... Like... <laughs> Who have you, are you looking at that logo? Like who designed that logo? Which one? The Indians one. Like the big old teeth. Oh, where is it? Just like a wildly oh yeah inaccurate portrayal. Yeah. I don't know what's going on there. I think. That one is definitely the reason why it's a little racist. <laughs> yeah, the Indian. If that logo got proposed today, the Indians would be shut down. <laughs> well, it looks like the Rangers are going to be taking the next round. We would have. Yeah, we're slightly influencing the outcome of this uh, tournament. But <laughs> yeah, the Indians would be. They would cease to exist. We would have twenty-nine Major League Baseball teams. Uh but anyway. Let's talk your favorite guy. Oh. Trevor Bauer. Hurts my head. What are we doing? I know I say that a lot, and I throw that question around a lot, but. This one's got to be at the top, bro. (laughs) What are we doing? Oh, man. I thought that video was like edited or doctored or something, and then I was like, "Nope, this really happened." There were so many good layers of that video. It was so awesome. Yeah, that was the best part. It was like a bunch of Easter eggs. Like you kept looking. Like every time you watched, you you found something new. Second baseman flinched so hard, like he was about to get pegged. Yeah, he thought he was gonna die right there. Lindor is like triple taking us what just happened. And the center fielder was had his back turned to the whole thing and then sees a ball soar over him. It's like, what? <laughs> Where did that come from? Yeah, Lindor, that was that was one of my favorites. Lindor just watched it sail as though he was like expecting him to do something like that. Like, yeah, this isn't anything. This isn't anything new. This is totally normal for him anyway. Low-key, yeah. the best part of that whole thing was is one of our guys, one of our listeners, Brian Linhart, he, did you see that? He, like, commented on the post that I put up on IG, and he was like, uh-uh. check it in here from Section 102 at Kaufman, and I can confirm that Trevor Bauer is a bit pissed. The ball went three-fourths <laughs> the way up the batter's eye. Still shook. <laughs> I was like, I love this live commentary. This is awesome. Like, we got, pe- we got people all over the map. I love this. <laughs> Still shook. Um, yeah, Francona coming out, dropping. What the f are you doing? That was classic Tito. Like I loved, yeah. I love seeing that. You could just tell he was just like, I I want to be surprised, but I can't be. Yeah. But you're an idiot. Here's what's awesome is that like the the. Videos on Instagram don't show it all the way through, um, but there was one video. I think it was on Sports Center, like right after the game tonight. They showed it, and um, basically, like we've all we all saw that uh, Trevor Bauer like put his hand on uh, Tito's like shoulders, like trying to apologize. Frank Hunt was like, "Get in the dugout, go." 
And then the best part is that Sports Center showed like Trevor Bauer going down the tunnel, and like a half a second later, Frank Kona is just hustling down the tunnel, going to just light him up. No kidding, I missed that part. Yeah, he was like he just followed him immediately down, and you could tell that he was hot. Dude, Frank Kona is an old school guy, and yeah. that kind of garbage does not fly in his clubhouse. I'm N- sorry. Nope. Nope. Um, yeah, and I mean, I was thinking about it because I'm thinking of both sides. Obviously, I'm not a huge fan of the guy. He's a total weirdo. Uh, Bauer, as that is, everyone loves Tito Francona. Um, but Bauer's just a weird dude, and he just has always, to me, seemed like a guy that will never really fit into any type of clubhouse or scenario. Um, but, you know, this is, it's gotta be a weird spot for him. Like you're on a a team that's chasing down first place, playing really good ball lately. And somehow like you're one of the few names on your roster that's talking about getting traded. So it's definitely gotta be weird, but I don't know if you watched any other part of the game or like saw any other highlights of the game. I think the strangest part was that, there was a lot of weird, wacky defense being played. Um, yeah, there was a lot that uh, that built up to that situation. Like, yeah, there was a ball. I guess it was all that inning, honestly. Um, yeah, the ball out the center where gotten gotten his eye. The sun got in his eyes. And yeah, and he like he moved out of the way and it ended up dropping for a ground rule double, right? Yeah, and then I think a couple plays later. Uh, there was like a little soft dribble in front of the plate. It was a force at home, and he like went to scoop it and completely missed it. Yeah, just a there lot was like, of wild stuff. There was a ground ball. I think it was a base loaded ground ball to first baseman. He steps on the bag real quick, steps on first, and then just like launches it over home plate, like halfway up the backstop screen for another play. So like I think it's a weird combination of. He was he was obviously mad at himself because I mean you you can always tell that guy's like really into every game like his heart's in it for sure, but I think it was a little strange to see how pissed off he was you know that his team didn't really have his back and so like I think playing a little devil's devil's advocate here but like it it had it has to be a tough situation for him right now has to be a little strange. So is what I'm hearing a little sympathy from. Old Nate Reyes for Trevor Bauer? It, 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 are my ears mistaken me? What, what's going on here? There's no sympathy. There's no sympathy for sure. Um, the I think you showed up your team and you showed up your organization in general. Showed up your players not playing very well for you that day, which happens. That just that happens. Like there's some off stuff. Any any listeners out there that have played baseball definitely know that errors are contagious. Um, when it comes to defense, like it's just, there's something weird about that. And, um, we saw that with the Indians and then for him to just kind of show him up like that, I think is, is pretty like arguably one of the worst things I've seen on a baseball field, him chucking the the ball over the fence was horrible. And it was like, what was that last year where, uh, what's his face chucked his glove on the mound after giving up a, a ding dong? And then he got traded like a few days later. Oh yeah, that? yeah, I know exactly. Yeah, God, I cannot. In, I'm, it's blank. blank was he a national? Name. Yeah, it was with the Nationals. Yeah, totally blank on same. But anyway, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Probably worse than that. I'm gonna say. Oh, a thousand percent. Like that's. Yeah. I mean, that's inexcusable. But at least you're keeping it confined to like your area. This <laughs> yeah. dude literally took the ball and launched it. Three fourths of the way up the batter's eye. That's a toss, by the way. That's 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 letting it rip. Yeah, like like if you go back and watch the mechanics, it's actually pretty good. <laughs> Dude's got his plant yeah. foot and just lets it eat. Yeah, I'm sorry. I I love I <laughs> Freeman's reaction at second base has got me tired. <laughs> He thought he was going to get just absolute missile to his head. As though like, he was going to take the brunt of his own teammate's <laughs> frustration. Like, what <laughs> what, oh, is that, what does that say about Bauer? Like, 
<laughs> you're scared. Yeah, you're scared that our dude is just going to turn around and cold cock me, punch me in the face, and just end my day. There's there's two sides of that, honestly. Like we mentioned Lindor. You can tell Lindor's been around him a while. Freeman yeah. obviously has not played as many games with him. And he's like, I don't know what to expect of this guy. Whoa, whoa, am I about to die right here? Meanwhile, yeah. Lindor's just like, hmm, I wonder how far that went. I mean, this we've definitely gold. seen blow-ups throughout the years. And I would say 98% of them have all been in the dugout. Taking it out on a water cooler, a bullpen phone, the bat rack, your helmet, something. Um, a little box of, you know, a little bubble gum, like stuff like that. But to see something like that on the field is something that, like, I would have lost it on a high school kid if I saw that. Yeah, you literally have a professional out here. To, like, that's yeah. so unbelievably childish, which childish that's a word that he used in his post-game interview which i don't know if you got a chance to watch that i didn't buy it for a second people are like all these indians fans are hopping on there oh like let's just accept it and move on it happens i hate, I hate his face bro i can't watch it his face is just no. the worst like no we would be able to overlook this if he didn't act like such a moron so many other times and even yeah, that, that's even that's true. a stretch. Like, even if he did have no history and he did this, that'd be hard for me to overlook. This dude launched the ball over the outfield fence. Yeah. This guy does not belong on a major league baseball field. I'm sorry. Call that a hot take, whatever you want. That is beyond childish. Um, and that I mean, all of this brings up the topic of obviously we're right around the corner from the trade deadline. I don't know, man. Like, he was already on the fence for me as far as a character. If I'm a GM, I'm not sure I want that character in my clubhouse. After oh, this, oh, yeah. The Indians for sure have to lower their asking price. Yeah. 1,000%. And that yeah. is the dumbest. Like, you could have not timed that more poorly if you're Trevor Bauer. Horrible, dude. You just cost yourself a, a, a really good scenario, I think. And I think that there's there's what you're going to see is probably some bottom feed team like the freaking Mets. We'll talk about later some random team out of nowhere that are suddenly buyers probably swoop in on this Bauer sweepstakes because the asking price has gone down. This was a horrible thing. And I mean, I, let's see, it's. He's, he's not going to have another start. That's, that could very well have been his last start as an Indian, and that's going to be the final taste of him in Cleveland. What a joke. And I, I've, I've honestly got it up here on the loop right now, and I love... <laughs> I, <laughs> what's his name out in center field? is yeah. just standing there in frustration, I guess, at what had happened over the course of the Indian... And he's the last one to realize what's going on. <laughs> it just lands like what felt like 10 seconds later. He's got to be thinking like, oh, man, like, did I miss a home run or something? Like, <laughs> because did like, I just miss an entire <laughs> sequence with a hitter in the box. Like, what is your what 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 is your first reaction if you're him? You can't possibly think, oh, no. my pitcher just launched it up onto the batter's eye. No. No shot. You had to, that was shot out of a t-shirt cannon somewhere. You have no idea where that came from. Yeah, he probably thought it was like a misfire or something. <laughs> no, but uh, I and I think we already mentioned it, but his little interaction there with Tito before he walked off the mound, so yeah. pathetic. Yeah, just right away too. Like you can tell he knew. Which I mean, I'll give it to him. He realizes immediately after he did it that he screwed up because it made me think. Of like the times, like the times when we were kids, and your parents yeah. were around, oh, and yeah. you did something stupid, you're like, "Oh, I'm in, I'm in for it now." <laughs> right away, like you just cower right away. You just know. I bet you, if you could zoom in on his face, he just went flush white, looking like Casper the Ghost out there. Like, in a in a sense, I feel bad for him just because you have to deal with that. Like you said, down in the tunnel after the fact. Oh, you know Frank Hunter oh just made God. him 
dookie in his pants, bro. He was, yeah, he was livid. That, uh, well, yeah, that was one of the worst things I've seen on a baseball field. I'm not going to lie. I think that's got to be the worst thing I've seen on a baseball field. At any level. I'm talking about, like, as a player, as a fan, anything. I've never seen something that bad on a field. Oh, no, that's got to be... That's got to be one of the worst things. And quite honestly, I didn't think we'd be talking about it for this long. But the more I just sit here, I, I'm not even joking when I say I have it on loop right now. And I'm just watching it. Like, this is just terrible. Yeah, that's bad. That is bad. Freeman's reaction is just the best. <laughs> uh, but anyway, really all all we need to say on that guy, I'm, I'm fed up with him. Yeah. Dude's a clown. Uh, let's talk about another clown. Marcus Stroman. <laughs> this is the clown episode. Uh, obviously in the news this evening, getting dealt to the Mets. I think you had a little bit of info on what the <clears throat> Mets had to send Toronto. Uh, yeah. So Stroman and, uh, actually some Dolores, uh, went to the Mets 1.5 million to be exact to help out with the salary they were taking on. The Mets sent back Anthony K and Simeon Woods Richardson, um, both top 10 prospects in the Mets organization. Uh, Anthony K has a six, six, one ERA. In seven starts in AAA this year, and uh, before that he had a 1.76 ERA in 12 starts at the AA level. So um, maybe just uh, some fatigue or something like that. But it looks like he was pretty promising at the AA level. Uh, Simeon Woods Richardson has a 4.25 ERA in 20 starts in Class A with uh, 97 strikeouts in 78 and a third innings this year. So. Um, two guys that probably are going to have a promising career. Uh, I don't know, maybe. So we'll see. Either way, this uh, this trade makes no sense to me. Yeah, it seems to be the general consensus uh, around the baseball world. Nobody really has any idea why this deal happened. Uh, I mean, the Mets right now, at the time of this recording, are 11 and a half back, uh, having wrapped up this this weekend's games entering Monday, they're 11 and a half back in the division and they're six back in the wild card race. So really the only thought I have here is that they're clinging on to hopes of a wild card spot. But even then with just how much of a mess the national league is right now, not in a bad way, but just so many, so, yeah. Yeah, so many teams in contention right now. I just don't see the Mets being one of those teams. Yeah, and not to mention, for the last two weeks, all we've heard about is how Wheeler and Syndergaard are on the block. So everyone's under the impression that the Mets are sellers, um, and then they go ahead and do this. Um, as far as Stroman goes, uh, this isn't a rental. He isn't a free agent until after the 2020 year. Um, this year, so far, he has a 2.96 ERA, which is uh, fifth in the American League. Um, he's got, uh, the best ground ball rate in the big leagues and the third lowest home run percentage in the AL. Um, <clears throat> what's interesting about the Mets is that, um, they are at the bottom of the MLB with, uh, only converting 71% of their ground balls into outs. So I don't know what's I don't know if their infield is just bad or if you know their scouting and shifting isn't going as planned. They've got the uh, you mentioned their their fielding. They've got the twenty fourth worst defense by fielding percentage. Yeah, so, so not good. And it's just uh, even if they were buyers at this point, it, I don't know if Stroman would be the best fit for them. Um, you know the size of that ballpark, it would be okay to have a fly ball pitcher. Um, and when you have what appears to be one of the worst infields in the big leagues, this doesn't add up to me. So I don't know what the Mets are doing. I don't know if they're buyers. I don't know if they're sellers. I don't know if they're going to flip Stroman. I have no idea. 
No, I wouldn't anticipate a flip. Um, but my, my whole thing with this is how they've just been playing with Syndergaard's head. Like, I feel bad for the dude. It got, the guy literally has no clue what's going on. In fact, I think he even tweeted something about it where he was just like, I have no idea what's going on. And it's like a guy that's been so good for you, generally speaking, you're you're just toying with him right now. And it's like there, yeah. there's been so – which I get. There's a, like, you, like you mentioned last episode with the media manipulation, there's been a lot of that. And so there's been a lot of conflicting reports about, oh, he's gone for sure. And then the Mets are saying, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like we're a little more reluctant than you're making us out to be. And meanwhile, he's over here just like just trying to do his job. And then you pull this, which nobody saw coming. No. One. Like everybody was making the jokes about like, oh, Stroman's going to New York, just like everybody said, but it's to the Mets, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I mean, you had, I think you had Stroman going to the Yankees. For sure. Uh, we're along with a lot of people. Yeah. I had him going to the Braves kind of for the same reason that I think he'll do all right with the Mets. Uh, I think he's a better fit for the Mets in the sense that they're not as, I don't want to say uptight, but they're not as traditional as the Yankees might be. Like people are saying that guys like Stroman and Bauer would be good fits for the Yankees. And I'm like, not at all. Like that is not that is not their type of organization. That is not how they run things up there. Stroman, in my opinion, like I've said on here multiple times, I think is a much better fit for, uh, or would have been a much better fit for a place like Atlanta, where the culture is just loose. It's energetic, just like he the the same way he plays. Uh, but for that reason, the reason I thought he was going to Atlanta, I think he'll do. Like I said, I think he'll do all right. Uh, in uh, in New York for the Mets because, like I said, I don't think they're at... I don't view them as traditional or as uptight maybe as the Yankees would be considered. Uh, but it'll be interesting to see how he... I don't know. How he takes on this whole situation because I think if you were to ask him what he, really, what he would really want, it would be assuming he was getting moved. Like if he knew he was getting moved, there was a guarantee he was getting moved. I'm certain that he would have want, wanted to go to the Yankees. Yeah. I mean, he's a New York kid. So I don't, he posted um, some picture from when he was like a, a little toddler and he's rocking like a Mets pullover thing. Yeah. He's, saying, a, he's like, a Long Island native. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I guess, I don't know what he was as a kid, as far as a fan goes. Um, but yeah, I mean, I agree. I would want to go to the competitor and for anyone thinking, Oh, the blue Jays probably don't want to do any in division trading. They just traded Sogard to the, to the race. So that's in division. So I don't think that's the issue. I think for the Mets to just come out of nowhere and do this sounds a little strange to me. Um, I, I guess two prospects is pretty good. Uh, it's just, it's a really big question mark for me. Uh, I guess the fact that maybe they can sure up a rotation next year. Cause I mean, Wheeler and Syndergaard are both for the most part, definitely on the move. At least one of them is going to go. So I guess you still need a spot, but I mean, at this point, if I'm the GM, I'm not buying I'm selling. I'm wanting prospects back. And I'm going to call some guys up and see how they perform. I mean, you're basically, I think, two weeks out. If you play 500 ball from pretty much throwing in the towel this year. So at that point, I would want to see what I have as far as young talent. Bring them up. Let's see what they can do, especially if you're going to trade Syndergaard. Wheeler, I think, is a little overhyped as far as, you know, his potential and what he's worth. Um, but I think he's just one of the few starting pitchers that's on the block this year. Syndergaard, we know, is good. So if you sell him, let's call some dudes up and see what we got in the, in the young talent pool. I don't see why I would clog that up with Stroman, who most likely will be another trading piece next year. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, going back to the the Wheeler thing, I feel like for the most part, most of the – 
most of the takes I've seen on him have been relatively accurate. Like I don't I don't think anybody's overhyping him in that sense where it's like, oh, his this guy is quite the talent. Like, yeah, he'll be a reliable arm for you for the most part. And he could I feel like he could definitely help uh contending rotation, but yeah. I think kind of like you're alluding to, I think the biggest question mark here is uh, what you do with Syndergaard because I've heard I've heard that the Padres have been in the running for him uh, and maybe like a team or two out there but I I think this is going to be one of those things where his landing spot catches everybody off guard because yeah. I don't see like I mean it's not the greatest example, but you look at like the Harper situation where it's like, you know, you had it down to two to three teams. But for Syndergaard, I haven't heard of any serious contenders for him. Per yeah, se. Like, I, I haven't heard of any any teams that have risen to the top of multiple conversations. Definitely wouldn't say top, but I have heard San Diego a couple times, even back to like the offseason. I heard San Diego. But even then, that kind of that kind of makes you shake your head. You know what I mean? Like it, they're, they're not contending this year. So it's like, I'm just, I'm not sure what the Mets are doing. Um, and that seems to be their entire story all year. Well, I think you and I have talked about on here before is with the Padres. I mean, I think something special is definitely brewing out there in San Diego. It might take, might take a year or two, but something I'm convinced something good is waiting for them around the corner. So oh, I could, yeah. I definitely think that'd be a good landing spot for him based on his uh, contract situation or what it would turn into. Uh, I'm not sure of what it is currently, but I, I mean, I think that'd be a good landing spot. But I think if you're the New York Mets, you you have to get rid of him at this point. You like how how can you expect to keep a guy who you've toyed out there multiple times? Which he actually, I know I mentioned he tweeted something out. For two out. years now. Yeah, he was he tweeted something out earlier. It was like a, I think it was like a picture of himself. And it was just like, when you, or it might have been on Instagram, but he was like, when you've been put on the trading block twice within the last six months. It's just like, how can you expect a guy to go out there and perform for you when you've done yeah. this continually? It just doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, it doesn't add up. And that's just, it. like you said, bro, this is the episode of Clowns. And... The Mets are one of the biggest laughing stocks so far with the way they handle this, the way they've done this all year. I just don't understand. I just don't understand what they're doing. And, I mean, it's not like Syndergaard is going to be the only piece, the only answer. They have a lot of question marks. And I don't know, man. It's like part, part of part of your roster is, is on the back you know downhill slope of their career summer you got some you know promising prospects obviously pete alonzo came onto the scene and is doing great but like you got some dudes that just are big question marks and sure robinson cano puts butts in the seats and managed to hit three home runs last week or whatever but i think he's only got like seven on the year so it's not like you know Joanna Cespedes is a whole nother nightmare your GM sending tweets or sending texts to your somebody in the clubhouse to talk to the manager about pulling people. I mean, DeGrom can't can't have any offensive, you know, support when he starts. So it's like I'm so confused as to what this team does and what they operate with. They have a lot of talent on the roster and I feel like it's such a waste. I mean, a month ago we were talking about if Mickey Callaway was gonna get fired. So um, and now you're buyers at the trade deadline. I have no idea what you're doing. Is it safe to say the Mets are the most confusing organization in baseball right now? Oh yeah, very safe. How how much are you willing to put on that? Uh, why do I feel like you have some something in the hopper here? I don't have anything in the hopper. I'm legitimately asking you. Like somebody had a gun to your head. How much would you put on that? Like, how, how much are you willing to stand behind that statement that the Mets are the most confusing organization in baseball? Mm, 90% of my money. I mean, because you listed off some pretty good points. I mean, Callaway, the whole saga there, what what was that about? Yeah. 
just doesn't add up, Nate. Does not. If I feel like no one has each other's back in that clubhouse, as far as coaching staff, players, the front office, nobody has each other's back. You have no idea what that GM's going to do. He's throwing chairs and meetings and stuff. It's such a mess up there. Doesn't add up. But you know what does add up, Nate? Seat Geek. It's the answer to all your ticket needs. Are you looking for tickets? Do you have plans with friends or family to make it to an upcoming game or concert? Or are you even looking months ahead to nail down a date to get tickets before they sell out? With SeatGeek, you can find tickets to games, concert shows, and even theater performances with just a few easy clicks. We're making it even better for you if you are a first-time user of SeatGeek. Next time you add some tickets to your cart, use our promo code DTD at checkout to save $20 instantly off your first purchase as a first-time user. That's all you got to do to save some of that warm, sweaty cash. Cold, hard cash. Enter promo code DTD at checkout. And also, as a reminder, the hack of using a different email. Yeah, yeah. If you've already used the promo code once, just change your email. It's all you got to do. Shout out to Nate Reyes for discovering that hack. <laughs> It's no big thing. We can't mention that too many times, though, because I'm not trying to have a SeatGeek rep tuning into one of our episodes. True. And then that whole deal They're out there. shutting down. They're out there. They're hunting us. Yeah. Would not be a fan of that. Uh, all right. That wraps up some Stroman talk. Uh, I mean, what are the chances of two members of the bum list... Being on one episode? Being on one episode. Amazing. In su- for such, like, prominent reasons. Like, this was, like, the Bauer thing, I mean, that was, prior to the Stroman situation, that was the top headline in baseball. And then the Stroman thing goes down, just <laughs> two, two bums making headlines in the same day. I love yeah. it. Speaking of bums, I, uh... Well, not bums in general, but maybe Bum Garner will be a, a, a topic for us on our next episode. Uh, they won't be because they're not going to be sellers, Nate. We've already, we've already talked about this. Classic. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> You're just disagreeing to disagree. Nate, I'm not dis. Are you kidding me right now? Do you There's... legitimately think they're going to be sellers? Everyone in America. I've been relatively low-key this episode, and now you're going to get me worked up. And I'm not in the mood to get worked up right now. <laughs> it's so easy getting under your skin. It's awesome. <laughs> uh, I feel good. For the record, pretty much everybody is in agreement with me on our on our posts on Instagram. Just for the record. Whatever you say, homie. Like, nobody agrees with you. <laughs> Except, like, one guy, but that's about it. Uh, and that's because he's a Dodgers fan, of course. The question, the question was, will the Giants sneak into the postseason? In all caps, no. <laughs> Go to his profile? No. Dodgers fan. <laughs> Bums. The Giants are not going to be sellers. You're joke this is hilarious we will know in less than three days no we can know right now Mm -mm. they're not going to be selling whatever go to the dms (laughs) Uh, Uh, jacob asks who should the rockies pursue in free agency who do you think they should pursue in free agency, Nate? Um, That's your world out there. You're the West Coast guy. I mean, there's a long list of players that are going to be hitting free agency in, uh, after this year. but Well, we know having dealt with all this Syndergaard Stroman talk today, we know that the pitching market is going to be pretty slim. Yeah, I mean, we got big names. Uh, like, I think Garrett Cole is on that list. 
Um, Chris Sale is no longer on that list, right? He got an extension. Yep. Um, I think Porcello's uh, on the list. Uh, Verlander, I think, is also on the list. Um, but one fit that I think really would make sense is uh, Nick Castellanos. Um, I think, I think he will be traded in the next few days. Um, I think he's going to do similar to what JD did with the Diamondbacks, to where he really put himself on the map and gets a pretty decent contract um, after that little that little rental with whatever team he ends up with. Solid take. That's it. That's like you don't. You're not going to give an answer. I told you, man. That's your world out there. I mean, really, uh-huh. anybody that can hit the ball in the air is a good fit <laughs> in, in Colorado. So, I mean, that's that's my take, honestly. Cool. Uh, Chris asks thoughts on having a slow deadline so far. Uh, I thought this was an interesting question because he submitted this minutes after the Stroman news broke. Uh, which, which, no, no, I'll give him some credit. Like outside of the Strowman deal, nothing really happened. So like, I just, no, I, I, I mentioned that because I just thought it was the funny, I thought the timing of it was funny. Uh, but all in all, like it has been a slow deadline. We've already talked about that. And I just know having said that, uh, the floodgates are going to open in the next oh, day yeah. or two. Oh yeah. Um, partially cause I have to, uh, but all that to say, I still think it's very strange. And I know I'm just repeating myself at this point. But I just thought with this deadline change, with it being a singular deadline, that something would have been different. But similar to free agency, everybody's just... At, like, everything's just yeah. at a standstill. And it doesn't make any yeah. sense to me. But like I said, I'm sure, I'm sure the dominoes will start falling uh, very soon. And... We are going to be in for a doozy of a episode later this week. So, yeah, um, our main man Rodolfo asks: Should the Dodgers trade for Thor or Diaz? No, Thor and Diaz. Thor and Diaz. That's quite a package. Diaz. Why did we just say Diaz? I don't know. I said <laughs> weird. I said, I said Diaz because you said Diaz. It's not no, 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 Diaz. No, no. It's this Diaz. Is your fault. No, no, no. This is your fault. Uh, I pray that the Dodgers would not get either of them because, like, yeah, scary. Let's, let's keep it fair. Actually, yeah. no. Honestly, I mean, they could, they could get Thor. They could steal Verlander somehow, and they'd probably still lose in the World Series. So. <laughs> It's it's fine, honestly. It's not that big of a deal if, if they get either of those guys. Um, but I'm hearing that the Sox are a heavy contender for Diaz. Yeah, I kind of they bulk up the back end of the bullpen. Yeah, they were saying that tonight on ES, uh, ESPN. I wouldn't be surprised for that move. I don't think any team is going to get both of those guys. You really have to give up a lot to get both those guys. Well, I have heard both of those names uh, mentioned as sort of a package deal from pretty reputable sources. So, I mean, you never know, man. I mean, the Stroman thing caught us off guard. So what's to say a little package deal like that couldn't happen? Who knows? Eric asks, uh, what do you think the biggest trade deadline move has been in the last 10 years? I'm gonna let you go first because I'm I'm gonna knock this one out of the park. So I'm I'm gonna clean up your mess. Yeah, so I doubt it. Go ahead. Um, for I've sure. got numbers, baby. I've got I've got supporting evidence for my pick. So just go ahead. Yeah, here's my evidence. Uh, the Cubs trade for Raldis Chapman and win the World Series. Done. Was that before or after uh, he beat his wife? That was 2016, and he never beat his wife. Is he even he just Was it his shot girlfriend? A wall it was somebody. He just shot a wall in his house, I think. On accident. Whatever. Quote, unquote. Doing air quotes. I'm convinced he punched somebody. Uh, <laughs> my pick, hands down, just a thousand times better than the Aurelius Chapman pick. Like, this isn't even close. I'm actually, you know what? Great idea. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put this up for a vote. I'm going to make a little graphic, put it on social and once again, we're just going to get the feedback uh, that mm-hmm. I'm anticipating. Everybody in agreement with me. 
Uh, Cliff Lee getting picked up by the Phillies in 2009. Actually, it was on this date, July 29th, 2009. He was the reigning AL Cy Young. You ready for these notes, Nate? I, I pulled some notes from some reliable sources. You ready for this? Mm-hmm. Through his first five games with the Phillies, Cliff Lee compiled a 5-0 record, 39 strikeouts, and 40 innings pitched, and a .68 ERA. In the playoffs, opponents batted 186 against him in October, and he went 4-0 in five postseason outings, including a complete game in Game 1 of the World Series, which the Phillies ultimately lost in six games to the Yankees. That's not his fault. It's not congrats. That's like, it, have you had any World Series since then? Nate, no. Shut we're talking about we're talking about moves. Shut Ronald your mouth. Chapman move made the Cubs win the World Series. He's the a Phillies starting lost. pitcher. He can't he can't pitch every game. Phillies lost. He he literally went two and zero in the World Series. What more do you want him to do? I'm so stoked for this fan vote. I'm gonna kill it. I'm going to kill it. You any more numbers you want to read? Uh, yeah. Regarding that game one of the World Series, uh, in which they won six to one, he allowed no earned runs during the, the outing. He was the first pitcher since Deacon Felipe of the nineteen oh three World Series to pitch a complete game in the World Series with ten or more strikeouts and no walks. Our guy Deacon. So I mean, I think I should just I think I should win the fan vote on my research alone. <laughs> You're just mad because quite honestly, mine was good and you overlooked it. I didn't overlook it. I know that he helped them win the World Series, but my guy Cliff went 2-0 and in the World Series. What more do you want him to do? I'm going to win this vote. That's all I know. You're absolutely not going to win this vote. And if you do, it's going to be recency bias, and it's going to be all these Yankee fans <laughs> being like, yo, a guy Chapman, bro. <laughs> and Cubs fans. <laughs> and Cubs fans. Uh, you're so salty right now. Real baseball fans will know (laughs) that Cliff Lee, hands down, was a 1,000% better pick. (laughs) Uh, Anthony, our guy Anthony. 1,000%, Nate. Following it up with our hashtag. Cliff Lee was one of the most dominant pitchers of that stretch. Now you're pissing off. Anthony's an OG. He doesn't mind. He understands that when I really feel passionate about something, I'm going to go to battle for it. And in this situation, it's Cliff Lee being a better deadline move than a role as Chapman. I'm sorry, but that's just a fact. Promise to put this vote up tomorrow. Oh, 1,000%. I'll probably work on it tonight after I get the episode up. Because that's how I'm, I'm I'm that excited about it. Me too. Anthony. What a joke. Listening to our hashtag movements, he said, why is it just now that the Yankees are playing in Fenway? Hashtag impeach Manfred. Speaking of jokes, how about it? What? It is August. It is or, No, it is almost August. And the Yankees just came to town for the first time this season. Yeah, very strange. I couldn't agree with both of you more it doesn't quite make sense to me and like i get it it's in place of or like the the london series had something to do with it because yeah because that was technically a home series for you guys yeah yeah but still to not have anything outside of that are you kidding me very weird um i don't it's just it's it seems like that's just been the case for just weird scheduling stuff. I mean, like the Yanks went a stretch of playing the Rays, what felt like 16 times in like a month. And now we're going to have all these backloaded Yankees Red Sox series. Um, I mean, we just have we had this one, obviously, this weekend. And then there's another four game set next weekend in New York. So it's like, why, why are we? It's, it's so weird to put it one week away from each other. Like, space that out a little bit. And get, you know, some games to where it's doing a little away trip here. Going to visit Fenway earlier in the year. Get the get, get the season flowing a little bit. Don't wait until freaking August. Hashtag impeach Manfred. Freaking Otis. Go, go. <laughs> Otis, go get the shirt, shop.dtdbaseball.com. Baseball needs a new commissioner. What do we got? 
Eric with a K says, talk about the horrible review that happened in the O's Angels extra inning game. Uh, yeah, so if you're unfamiliar with the situation that our guy Eric is referring to, it was, I believe, the twenty the game on the 25th, and it was David Fletcher of the Angels trying to send everybody home happy and slid into home. The throw came, it's from left, right? Yeah, it was a, it was a Captain War double down the line. Yep. Yep, Captain War doubled down the line. It was a relay. With bases loaded, yeah. Yep, relay in. um, And there was play at the plate. It was under review. It was called out. Eventually led to... uh, God, who was it? Closing it out for the save. Shows how relevant the Orioles are this year. I (laughs) couldn't even tell. I can't even remember the guy's name. Anyway, Angels ultimately lose the game on a game they should have won. Nate, you said you watched it. What was your take on it? Um, It was so close. I mean, you heard me as I was watching it um, because I didn't watch it live. Um, It was so close that they slowed it down. I still didn't really know. No. I still didn't really have a definitive answer. I think – I think that whatever the call happened on the field was always going to be the call. Like, if he was been called safe on the field, they would have kept it safe. The fact that he was called out on the field, they kept it out. Unbelievable. Your takes this episode have just been... I can't wait for this freaking vote, and you're just going to have to eat this. I'm so the excited. Dude was, the dude was clearly safe. Like, you're over there talking about the speed of the replay. No, he was safe. It wasn't clear. It was crystal clear. Obviously, it wasn't clear. It was crystal clear. He got his... He got it... I think... It was either his foot or his hand. I can't remember which one he uh, touched oh, the plate with first. Oh, how clear was it, Kyle? No, I'm, I don't remember the freaking slide that he had going into home. It was the, his foot. He had, that, he had that little oven mitt thing on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he got his foot in there and then got tagged. <laughs> I don't, I don't know why this is so funny to you. Because I was, I was testing you. <laughs> so I said it was his foot, but he had the oven mitt thing on. So I gave you both answers, and you went with foot. It was his hand. No, it wasn't. Yes, it was. It was his hand. You're literally lying through your teeth right now. <laughs> oh man, I'm so under your skin. It's Good awesome. job. Now I'm gonna have to. You know, you're gonna make the have to make people wait. <laughs> it was his hand oh god it was his hand yeah so he got his hand in there like I said got his hand in there and then got tagged in the chest face area yeah it was clearly a bang bang play but got his hand in there it was a tough one man let's no. be real umpires suck even when reviews are going down even the umpire in the Freaking New York studio watching all this stuff sucks. So it's no surprise to me. Whatever. It's an, it's a surprise to me that you're still on this podcast. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> let's close this thing out. That'll do it for us. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen to it and leave that rating and review. Nate, how many stars? I don't know. <laughs> uh, give us as many as you want. We can't force people to give five stars. It's illegal. <laughs> <laughs> You're such a, Oh, my God. You've turned into Switzerland all of a sudden. <laughs> like not one to offend it. it's switzerland right that's the neutral one yeah, yeah. not one to like yeah, offend anybody like being like middle of the road <laughs> nate think about it you've been middle of the road middle of the road this whole episode the whole thing with bauer i mean i could see both sides playing devil's advocate the thing with Strowman, like yeah like i think it was like a it was a decent deal i mean i can see both sides of it and then with the the slide i mean 
I'm I'm just down with whatever the umpire said. Whatever the umpire said goes. <laughs> if they would have said he was safe, he was safe. If he was out, he was out. Now All right, saying, you ready? We can't you go with, run down the list. Now we can't go with five stars because it might hurt somebody. Bowers a douche. Uh, the Mets are dumb, and uh, no one cares about an Orioles game. Done. Five freaking stars. Pretty sure any Angels fans we have on here are insulted that you refer to that as an Orioles game. <laughs> it's an Angels game that the Orioles just happen to be playing in. And Captain War was in attendance. All right, so how many stars? Can you just tell the people? All five of them. Well, as always, thanks for tuning in. We'll catch back up with you guys later this week. Don't go chasing curveballs. We love you all, and as always, we're looking forward to talking more baseball with you guys soon. Until next time, stay filthy.